Okay. Hello, hello. Welcome again to another edition of the Comic Book Fridays with uh, Seven Days to Rock and Stone Guardians. I'm going to take it <clears throat> take it away with my main man Ryan here. We're going to be discussing new comic books as well as some MCU implications. Uh, Ryan, you want to start? Oh, yeah. How, how are we doing, Kev? Oh, pretty good. Doing today? Oh, just getting over sickness. Sickness that uh, just okay. sort of ravaged all of us. Thankfully, it wasn't COVID. Just a common cold. But uh, Yeah, don't they feel that much worse since we haven't really had colds for like the past two years? <laughs> it's like everyone forgot that we also have other diseases. We've spent so much time thinking about only the one. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. thankfully it was a two, three day kind of thing. Over and done. You could probably hear a little bit of nasalness in my nose, but that's just the phlegm coming out. So, that's good. Yeah, so I'm feeling better. Ready to do this. Ready to talk yeah. about uh, mutants. That was your big Ooh. thing that you wanted to do this week, right? <laughs> yeah, we are going to dive headfirst into the vast mythos of X-Men and the mutants. Nice. But before we get into this deep, deep pool of lore, uh, is there anything you want to chat about? Yes. After your little if you if you could do something last week, I decided to come up with my own if you could question. Um, if we're going to talk about mutants, let's talk about superpowers. Um, if you could uh, ask for any useless superpower. Now, it has to be useless. That doesn't necessarily mean it's not a blessing in disguise it just has to be functionally only useful in a niche span of time or a niche space you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying there we'll get yeah, into yeah, it yeah. as we go through something but like incredibly specific like so specific something oddly specific it's not, really exactly. useful. it's not super useful in everyday life but could be useful at random times so if you could ask for a useless superpower such as that which one would you choose and why? Oh man, I, I feel I feel weird that I thought of something right away, but uh, <laughs> I would. Of course, you did. Have <laughs> I would love to have the superpower to just like clip my nails right in the moment, like just to look at them and then just like just pop your, off, just your fingernails, and not not like yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you do it well, to other people? You know, uh, no, 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 just my own. Just your own. Toenails. Only be able to uh, to tell your body to clip yeah. your toenails. Yes, and not and not like shoot them off, just like clip them so they like just fall off, and not like you know the whole thing. As if as if edge part as if your mind is long. holding a random small invisible clip, and it just says yeah 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 just come off right there. Be clean. All right, that's a very oddly specific. <laughs> I've come up with a couple of my own. Uh, a few of them I found on Reddit, because this question has been asked on Reddit before, because what question hasn't been asked on Reddit before? <laughs> uh, the first one would be from a uh, user on Reddit that I found. Uh, he's calling himself a super poor. <laughs> so he wants to be able to have the ability to transfer liquids into any two volumes uh, of containers. With perfect accuracy every time. It's a super pour. 
instead of a superpower. <laughs> so, obviously, that's just the weirdest thing. It could only be useful in, like, a bartender's life, really, when you think about it. Only a bartender could find that useful at all. Right. In their everyday life. And if I were a bartender, I'd ask for that. Especially or if maybe, I was one I mean, of those bartenders who, who had to make sure that their pores were perfectly on every time. Otherwise, they get docked, you know. Well, I mean, if you're working for somebody like that, I think just do it and then peace out. Like Applebee's. Oh. <laughs> Let's not even get into that one. <laughs> yeah, let's not get into Applebee's right now. Let's move on to the, to the next one. Well, the <laughs> next one was quite funny, and it was an offhand comment on Reddit by another user. Um, pencil puns, because they're pointless. <laughs> See, yeah, that's what I thought. I hate that, and I love it. I loved it, and that's why I had to mention it. I, I, I did not catch the user's name because the comment had a deleted user. Aww. Unfortunately, otherwise I would have given him credit and looked for other things and told everyone to, to go find him. an account with a gem that beautiful. I know. He probably was a throwaway account. He was yeah. using it for laundering money. All that. <laughs> Catfishing. Um, here are some of my own. Um, the ability to make your fart smell like anything in particular. Nice. Like just something random. Like, hey, I'm I'm hungry for cinnamon buns. I want to be able to smell cinnamon buns. Wouldn't that ruin cinnamon buns for you though? No, because because I fart and then I smell cinnamon buns. I don't smell the shit too. I only right, smell but, the cinnamon like, buns. Wouldn't you think of like your ass when you smelled the cinnamon? I mean, if I did it constantly, yes, I think I would associate farting with cinnamon bun smell. But then I'd probably be more interested in farting some more if that was the case. <laughs> okay. I'd sit there and I'd fart all day in my cubicle and it'd smell like a Cinnabon. <laughs> Who doesn't want that to be the case? Wouldn't you feel a little guilty if someone walked up to your cubicle and just like took a big, deep breath? Like, mmm, cinnamon buns. That's why they call it a guilty pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> more puns. <laughs> Oh, and God. then my final one that I came up with was the ability to summon the ghosts of Abe Vigoda and Betty White. Rest in Ooh. peace. Yeah, RIP. Totally unnecessary, un not useful at all. I just I just would be able to say that I could summon the ghosts of Abe Vigoda and Betty White. <laughs> and why wouldn't you choose those two? Right. If you're gonna summon any ghosts, like that's prime real estate right there. Yeah, it's gonna be Abe Vigoda. The man who almost never died until he died. And Betty White, the woman who we thought would live forever. Well, she got close. She got close. She was like Icarus. Almost. She touched the sky, got burned. R.I.P. the funniest, funniest old lady ever. So, so you want to talk about mutants today, now that we're going to get into our, uh, our actual segment here. So you want to talk about mutants? Yes. Uh, I... Do we want to start with, like... Um, Things that you've read in the past, things that you want to read. How do you so want to what I'm going to do for this one, because there's so much going on with the current X-Men books that we need to have a snapshot of what mutants are and what the X-Men have been and what has happened to mutants over uh, basically the entire span of mutantdom. It, 
it's going to be a synopsis, so we're not going to go super into detail because there's a lot. Um, okay, so we'll start. But, we'll start, but we'll start with the comic book side here, and then I think after that, I'd like to dive a little bit into how some of the theories behind how the MCU is going to integrate the mutants based on what we know already. I did a little, I did a little research, looked up some of the most prominent fan theories, came up with a few of my own. You know, that's how we'll go, and we'll that's how we'll end it out. I think. Yeah, that, yeah, that sounds great. So yeah, let's uh, let's start with you. Let's go with uh, how you want to start. Okay, so uh, the current uh, X Men line of books right now is pretty robust. Uh, you have the core X Men uh, comic book. Uh, you have now. When uh, you say core, what do you mean for the people uh, who X, don't know? You know the X Men team. So like uh, throughout the history, it's been. You know, mutants have been centered around this team of like heroes uh, X-Men called X Men, okay. and uh, so that's the, the like main book that is uh, dealing with mutants. And then okay. there's a lot of little offshoots that are going on. So, um, in addition to X Men, um, we have now that's a pretty unique thing to the X-Men when you think about it. Like, the main canon of their existence in Marvel is as a team. Whereas, when you look at the Avengers, it's like all the individuals were their own thing, and then they decided to create a team called the Avengers, and then it became other things, like the New Avengers and the Dark Avengers. But the X-Men in general usually have been... It's the team first individuals sort of prop up and have their own storylines. I, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the way I see it. Yeah, yeah. So um, there really aren't a lot of books out there dealing with like a single mutant. It's mostly uh, about groups. So like uh, whether it's uh, X-Men, the, the flagship mutant book, or Marauders, which is kind of like a side thing or Excalibur, which is dealing with uh, the other world uh, dimension or new mutants, which is dealing with like young mutants uh, or there's X-Force, which is like their, you know, military strike team. Uh, there's also which we got uh, Hellions bit. and oh. then uh, X-Factor. Who are Hellions? I must, I must ask. I don't know. I'm not familiar with this. And so Hellions uh, are, in this case, uh, a team of mutants that are troubled, uh, that are, you know, doing certain things to try and redeem themselves uh, in... Are there any famous mutants that we, that are part of the Hellions? Yeah, uh, actually Havoc. Havoc is part of the uh, Hellions as well as Psylocke. Oh, so were, I mean, were these specifically ones that generated beams or blasts or is this just a coincidence uh, no nope. nope um it's it's just a coincidence that those two have like energy projection powers okay um there are uh there's like empath on there so empath is known for manipulating other people's emotions to get what he wants uh mr sinister is technically like the leader as like the most powerful mutant in the group 
Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about this one because that has a whole like different thing, and we're going to get off on like a major tangent. Yeah, I don't want. I didn't want. I didn't. I was just curious um, for the, the for the people who are but, out there. Just but like it's me, not just uh, energy projection. Okay. Um, so let's let's so, back to back to where you were. Yep. Uh, so there there's a ton of extra like books uh, in this. So X Men and then Marauders is featuring like the Hellfire Group. Uh, so it's kind of overseen by Emma Frost, and uh, Kitty Pride is one of the main characters. It has to do with the trading of uh, Krakoa. Oh, okay. So the current book takes place on the island Krakoa, uh, which is going to bring us back to like the history. So I'm going to dive back into the history now, and we'll Correct. talk a little bit about where that comes from. So. Okay. Um, the original series was created by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee in 1963, and it ran until uh, 1970. R.I.P. Stan Lee. R.I.P. the dude. Stan Lee. And then it was picked up by Chris Claremont in 1975, and he's the longest-running creator attached to X-Men. Uh, actually, up until I apologize. Jack Kirby is also dead. He Ooh. has been dead since 1994. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, uh, R.I.P. My my apologies. Uh, my apologies uh, to everyone involved with Jack Kirby, wow. his family. That was ouch. just sad. I'm very sorry. Yeah, that's a that's an ouch for us. I'm that's blame, a. I'm gonna blame yeah. Ryan on this one. Okay. Yeah. Definitely cut, me. Cut I that. It. Cut that. We're gonna cut that. <laughs> um. Please continue. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, after. Uh, after 1975, Chris Claremont uh, is mainlining uh, X-Men and Mutants and uh, creating basic books like the first ever uh, giant-sized X-Men, which is where they first find out about the uh, living island Krakoa, uh, which is uh, an island that feeds off of the mental energy of mutants. So in that book, a new team of X-Men gets sent to the island to find the team that went missing, uh, where Angel warns them and uh, eventually culminates in the island being torn from the uh, ocean floor and yeeted into outer space. <laughs> Became one old, big old yeet ball. Yes. Uh, so... Uh, that's the the classic story of Krakoa. However, in the most recent uh, like revamp of uh, X Men and Marvel, uh, they have created this interesting setup. So Jonathan Hickman is the current creator control of all Marvel X Men stuff. He is directing all of it. Uh, Moira McTaggart, who has previously been associated with mutants but not a mutant herself has been revealed to be a mutant whose power is that when she dies she is reborn that same time she was born before it's not a new time it's always the same time uh, but she remembers everything from her past life sort of like how hawk girl and hawk guy in the DC universe, sort of keep dying and resurrecting as the same person over and over and over and over. 
kind of, but it, she literally goes back to her original birth. So, like, if she was born in 1994, you know, she would be reborn same day, 1994. So as, it's like as a different person or the same person? As the same person. Oh, oh. Yes. Very as the same person with these new memories. So, like, they, in uh, the series. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty wild, actually. It, pretty... it was really, really neat, like a really unique take on like mutant powers, I think. Um, so in the the opening of this new line of X-Men, House of X and Powers of X, which is a running series that kind of depicted uh, the various lives she lived. Um, so it shows everything from the original storylines happening okay. and then like you know, what her influence was on that and where it led. Uh, God, you could do so much with it when you think about yeah, that. It's yeah, yeah, like, it's so cool. You've just got to have her remember a specific thing, and then when she dies, she'll go back and she'll remember it. and then. Right, so oh, uh, God, so that, that brings back to Krakoa. So, like, she'll, on that life, she will remember that, you know, these mutants got sent to that island, died, and then the island got yeeted into outer space. Uh, so she can do something to either prevent that from happening or to use it in a different way. Uh, so that's kind of what those House of X, Powers of X <coughs> books are about. So they detail everything from uh, her trying to you know, cure the X gene, which is shown in uh, the third X-Men movie. The third original X-Men movie, Dark Phoenix. And then... Uh, Which one are we talking about? We're talking about the newer ones or the... No, no, that's that's the older one. The Dark... Oh, is that... Are they named the same thing? They're basically the same thing. Fox had no originality when it came to the X-Men. Thankfully, they're in King Feige's hands. Yeah, yeah. So, um, this is definitely a series like you should pick up. If you like X-Men, if you're into X-Men, House of X, Powers of X, you need to get the collections and read those because they're really, really good. Uh, but it, it has everything from her living her like first life to uh, a life where she somehow gets a elongated life and lives to uh, what they call the singularity. So that's when uh, the entire solar system ascends to become a, like a, a mind, a computing device. I'm just, I'm just looking this up. It looks like it was extremely recently. This was July yeah. to October of 2019. Yes. Yeah, that, it's, so the reboot for this is extremely, extremely recent. So wow. uh, there's a lot of like really good books out there for this now. So the Powers of X, there six issues. Uh, written by Jonathan Hickman, like you said. Colorists, Marta Grace, Gracia. Gracia? I'm terrible at this. Uh, inkers and Pencilers, R.B. Silva. Adriano de Benedetto. So House of X, one through six, it looks like. Yeah, there are six books for each. Nice. Oh, I apologize, yes. House of X mm -hmm. one through six. House Powers of X one through six as well. Yep. Very interesting. Uh, now, are you supposed to read them uh, one then then the next? Oh, yes. Oh, so here's here's, here's something the, really here's the reading cool. Order. There you go. 
Yeah, there's something really cool in the books now. At the end of the book, it has a list of the books upcoming and the ones released, and it tells you what order to read them in. Yeah, it looks like you read the house first, then the power, then the house, then the power. Mm-hmm. So, like, it has everything from, like, her trying to cure mutants to uh, the uh, death of 16 million mutants in Genosha to... <laughs> uh, the uh, invasion and uh, slaughter of mutants by Nimrod, the prime sentinel. Uh, so there's a, like a really wide range of things that happen in her previous lives that in these current books they are uh, directly addressing because now they have all of this information mm-hmm. on how to like shape a mutant nation, which is essentially what it these books are about, is them shaping their own nation separate from the world, and it details like, you know, uh, why are why are they totally separate? So they they have like uh, diplomats that go to uh, you know NATO, UN. Um, gotcha. That's very. There's, it's very interesting. Not that I'm going to to tell anyone. Not to read both, but if they wanted to, and they can only pick up one, should they pick up one or the other, or is this definitely one of those things where you have to read? This particular one, I would say, make sure you read both. Okay. So, so save up, get both. It looks like House of X was probably rated better, at least according to the comic book roundup scoring. I think uh, House of X is more like a, a traditional comic book where Power of X is maybe a little bit more abstract. Hmm. All right. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And like if you're super into X-Men, these these are going to be books that you will pick up and just love. Um, but they've had a couple different events like over the past couple of months. Uh, they did... X of Swords, which is a notable event that takes place in Otherworld. Otherworld is a dimension that is essentially uh, like Merlin, Camelot, magic. Okay. It's, it's really interesting, um, and they've touched on it before. Uh, so it takes place through the books of Excalibur. Uh, Excalibur is with Betsy Braddock, who is the sister of Brian Braddock who was Captain Britain, uh, previous Captain Britain. He's no longer Captain Britain. That's pretty and, cool. And uh, actually, Betsy Braddock is not Psylocke anymore. She is separated from uh, Psylocke. Well, what the hell? <laughs> I know that one. That one's a little bit still foreign to me. So uh, I could give you more information if we dive deeper into the Excalibur books. But uh, that's... I think we'll what save, you learn. I think we'll save that for for another another one, but stick with the stick with the core mutants at this point. So those are the so those are some recent ones that have have come out. The powers so, of X, House of X, and powers of X, House of X, and then we've got uh, the X Men core book, which is like the events after those to start take place in X Men, and then you also have Marauders, uh, you have Excalibur. You have New Mutants, uh, X-Force, Wolverine, 
Now, who's part Alien. of is is Deadpool still part of X Force in the in the comics? No, so Deadpool is for those not who only pay mutant. attention to to Deadpool based on the movie. So current current lore is that Deadpool is not a mutant. Okay, that his powers are related to the experiments that uh, were done on him. All right. Uh, so there's he is. Absolutely, in several X Force books, though. So, but was he actually like? I know that stupid Wolverine Origins movie. We're not going to go <laughs> too crazy about it. But was he actually part of the Weapon X program at some point? Or yes, is that just yeah, he was. He was absolutely part Fox, of Fox Twenty um, First Century Fox bullshit. No, he, he was part of X Force. Okay, um, and, if I'm not mistaken, he was part of the original X Force. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, Deadpool, relativistically in comic book terms, is a fairly new character. Yeah, he yeah, newish. Out, he yeah. came out in the '90s, right? Sometime in the '90s. Yeah, the original X Force would have been in the '90s. Yeah, yeah so, so it would he, have been then. Yeah, he showed up sometime in the '90s. So relativistically new in, in terms of well-known characters uh, of comic book uh, creation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, we haven't seen a ton of new characters in in you know recent years. We've seen kind of like uh, multiversal takes on characters, but there haven't been a ton of new characters except for in X Men. Nice. Yes. Yeah. So because you could do pretty much anything with them. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's a, essentially what like New Mutants is based around. So New Mutants is. Uh, characters from that new mutant team back in the 90s um trying to lead and help new mutants of this age they're tasked with you know looking after new mutants and you know teaching them how to use their powers and Ah. what it means to be a mutant So it's not just one guy professor x keeping track of all of these mutants it's a whole team Right. So um, the way it's structured now is they have a a council that is made up of a variety of mutants. So you have, you know, Professor X. You've got uh, Magneto. You've got uh, Mister Sinister, uh, and there's like a whole bunch of other people that are attached to that, making decisions uh, for the island of Krakoa. And um, yeah, that's where they've set up essentially. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the storylines kind of detail, like some of them are about like external threats. Some of them are about uh, like trading goods. So one of the things that happens on Krakoa is that they've learned how to uh, cultivate uh, the island. The island works with them instead of against them now. So they, have agreed to allow the island to feed like a little bit on everyone instead of like just straight up eating a few of them. So they've given it a, an allowance, as it were. Yeah, you're yeah, allowed to feed this much. If you go beyond it, we're gonna we're gonna have problems. Yeah, yeah, we'll eat you into the sun. Well, yeah, we'll we'll be like, yeah, you're done. Bye, later. Yeah. So, uh, so out of curiosity, you think? Krakoa is going to be a uh, thing that we see soon in the MCU. Honestly, it's it from what I've limited stuff I've seen, uh, it could be. Ooh. 
Um, so mysterious, them, man. You're with them putting it... Uh, ruddy mysterious. <laughs> ruddy mysterious. With them putting it into the hands of like one creative director, that kind of sets it up to be adapted easier. So I think if they are going to do like a full blown like X-Men integration into the Marvel universe, which would be awesome. Uh, I think it could ha- absolutely happen based on this current incarnation. I, I would say it's a very strong possibility based on what I've read. There are several, um, several things in the works, uh, Disney plus wise, at least for the X-Men, there is a Wolverine, um, series that they're planning. Uh, mm-hmm. They are also bringing back the old X-Men animated series. Yes, it's which X-Men is X-Men 97. Oh, friggin' hell, I love that show also, so much. Also, most of the voices kid. from that are coming back. Oh, really? Yeah. That'd be crazy. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, how much different they'll sound. I know. Probably not too much. To I mean, you think about it, Billy West's voice... Uh, the voice of Fry from Futurama, for those who are unaware of what his actual name is, has been doing voice work for pretty much his entire career. And he was doing voice work for Ren and Stimpy way back in the 80s and early 90s. And his voice really hasn't changed too much, so I can't imagine theirs would have changed very much. No, I mean, I think it's it's ultimately just going to be if they're able to like get themselves into the mindset and, you know, I'm sure they'll sound almost identical. I'll bet you they'll sit them. I'll bet you the House of Mouse will have them sit down. And you're, you're like, you have to watch the entire animated series. And until we feel that your voice is back to exactly what it's supposed to be, you're not allowed to get up from this chair. You know, they want to be yeah. in, they want to be in pictures, right? That's how that's how Walt Disney does it. <laughs> you want to be in pictures. huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> we of course we of course don't think that they're that crazy. I'm sure that no. they will do just fine. Right. So are there any are there any other uh, any other mutant comics you'd like to go into or stories <laughs> yeah. that you'd like to bring? We're up? only like halfway through. Oh, good. I thought so. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, so I was, this I was starting like... to get worried. You were like slowing down, and I'm like, come on. You, you were the... you've hyped <laughs> it up so much, and now you've disappointed no. me. No. For the last uh, so th- time. This is this is basically like it, what's going on now, like uh, the stuff that's like there's a million things past that, and we're only like halfway through the now stuff. So like we're gonna go through the now stuff, and then maybe we'll go back to the like old olden days, the good old days. Uh, right. But yeah, right. you got uh, so we got X Men, Marauders, Excalibur, New Mutants, Fallen Angels, which is a, a limited series that is based around. Um, the uh, body that you may have associated with uh, Betsy Braddock or Psylocke, mm-hmm. uh, Quanan, who is like a uh, spirit of vengeance, I guess would be the best way to describe her. What, like um, Ghost Rider? Who, uh, not associated with <coughs> Ghost Rider, but um, with. Let me correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't he known mythology as the, the of, like, of her, the region she's from? Okay. But isn't Ghost um, Rider known as the Spirit yeah, of Vengeance? Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's just the best way to describe her. Or is that Batman? Have uh, we crossed over no, universes? He, no, he he is Vengeance. He's he not the is, Spirit of Vengeance. Is Vengeance. He is Vengeance. I did enjoy that they didn't really call him Batman. They just kept calling him 
vengeance throughout that movie. Small tangent right. for the Batman. If you haven't seen it, Batman. go see it for sure. But all right. Oh yeah, very solid. Okay. Continue. Uh, now back to um, back to our so regular schedule program. Cable, um, who is now young Cable. So uh, in his series, um, he kills old Cable and takes his spot as Cable in the timeline. Josh Brolin does Josh Brolin dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, that deals with timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly stuff. So, so what you're that's, saying is that's the, for another day. the Goonies version of Josh Brolin comes and kills Thanos' version of, of Josh Brolin. Yes, exactly. And, and turns him into Jonah Hex version of Josh Brolin. Uh, yeah, sure. I know I got yeah, I, was, go. I was just trying yeah. to be facetious <laughs> there. But essentially, yeah. he makes him dead. Yes. Very dead. He, he makes him dead, very dead, and takes over as Cable. Gotcha. Um, All right. So, uh, and then she also uh, recruits uh, X-23. Who is the current Wolverine? Isn't uh, and if you didn't know, it's did get her to name is Laura Kenny, and she is the clone of Wolverine. We did see X twenty three in the Logan movie, did we not? Yes, you absolutely saw her in the Logan movie, and it was incredible. Ah, yes, that was a very good actress. I wonder if she's been in anything since. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure sh- she has. Okay. But right. uh, that entire title um, revolves around uh, them hunting down a group that is abducting mutant babies. And <laughs> it, when you make it, it when you make it sound like that, it makes it sound dirty. I mean, I mean, what they, doesn't? They straight up stealing, stealing babies. They're stealing babies. Stealing babies. How do you how do you not make that sound dirty or make it right. not sound dirty? Exactly. I mean, right. you gotta be pretty dirty to steal a baby. <laughs> you wouldn't download a baby. You wouldn't download a baby and then take it back to its mother after having downloaded said baby. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, so that kind of sets up Cable's storyline. Um, it ultimately culminates with them finding out that the whole thing is orchestrated by Strife, which is a clone of Cable from the future. What and, the hell? And uh, another version uh, of Josh Brolin. Another version of Josh Brolin. So this is like a clone of Jonah Hex Brolin. Oh my god! From the future. My God, Brolin, you're doing yeah. us dirty here. Yeah, but I, I needless to say, you kind of need to read this one to get fully into it. Otherwise, this is going to be like a three or four hour podcast that I don't have time for right now. But uh, it. It's definitely don't have time for it. Definitely. Definitely. That particular book, I would say is probably one of the weaker ones that was released. Mm -hmm. Um, Not because like the visuals or anything were bad, but like the, the storyline is slowish. I think they could have done. Oh, she's uh, been in the H. So sorry. Daphne Keene, the one who played Mm -hmm. uh, X 23 has been in his dark materials, the HBO original. Oh, okay. Uh, for the last three years. That's nice. essentially what she has been up to. She plays Lyra Silvertongue. I enjoyed uh, the limited yeah. viewing that I that I got out of that. It was it was quite enjoyable. I just haven't had the time to sit down and actually watch that entire thing. Yeah, that one's a 
an interesting one. I watched the first season. Um, but definitely, I, I feel like I could go back to it. I mean, there's uh, always, but anyways, there's I was just saying that they could have done the same amount of story and like half the issues, I think. Um, so would you say like some of the issues are probably just filler? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'd say filler because they are relevant in some way. They're just less relevant. And there are times where it doesn't feel like they're doing the main storyline. And you're like, why? So, like, you could you could probably just pick up on Cable, which has... He does have his own series. So, you could probably just pick up the Cable series and be fine. And then Psylocke re-shows up in Hellions. So, you could just read that. And that would be a, a fine enough recap. Uh, X-Force in this version is uh, Beast, Jean Grey, Sage, Domino, Wolverine, Colossus, and Kid Omega. Let's just um, talk Kid about Omega. how Domino is just the best. Domino is the best. And I have to say it has one of the more interesting arcs in uh, the X-Force books. For a supposedly Rook. useless superpower. Right. Ability to uh, manipulate probabilities. In this book, you'll see exactly why her powers are not useless. And, like, it, it's really interesting. I would definitely pick up the X Force uh, volume. X Force volume six is what uh, they have it listed as. Nice. All right. Yeah. Uh, Wolverine. Wolverine, of course, has his own book because how can you not put the most famous, mutant most popular, in famous book? moon played yep. by. The very own Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Who's always been jacked. I don't know. I don't know about you, but if I had to recast him, it would have to be Keanu for me. We can't replace Hugh Jackman, who is 50-something years old, with another 50-year-old. You have to replace yeah, but... him with a, with a mid-20s to late-20s Let, current Let's be actor. fair. Keanu Reeves at most looks like 30. No, no, no. Have, did you see him without a beard in Bill and Ted Face the Music? Yeah. He looks 50. He looks it. <laughs> like, w- without that beard, he definitely looks his age. With the beard, it takes about 10 to 15 years off. You see, so, I, 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 I don't best, like that. At like best, he looks late 30s. to me. At best, he looks late 30s. Not that I'm saying I don't love Keanu, because fuck yes, that dude is amazing. As a human being and as an actor, he is awesome. Yeah, I wouldn't replace I wouldn't replace Wolverine with someone lanky and skinny like that. I would totally go for an old gambit Keanu Reeves, if anybody. Well, I mean, they could always uh, dig into like Old Man Logan and and pull out like someone from the future who's older and just have him do less like cutty stab stab yes uh okay <laughs> <laughs> moving on because wolverine also could be several hours of podcast you could do your own um, podcast on wolverine probably you could do it your own series, an of entire podcasts, series of podcasts. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's he's how old? How long have the X Men been part of the uh, Marvel universe? And since 1963. Yeah, and and Wolverine's been famous since 1963. I'd At assume. least the 80s, I think. Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he's probably the most famous, other than Professor X himself, and possibly yeah. Cyclops. Yeah, yeah, Cyclops uh, does feature prominently in the uh, core X Men books. Uh, has a storyline going right now that's pretty interesting. Uh, so, yeah, after this like first group of books, you get a event called X of Swords, which deals with Otherworld. So it is uh, dealing with the mutants of Earth in a contest against the uh, original mutants of Araco, which is a the other half of Krakoa. It's an island kind of set apart dimensionally from Krakoa. And Apocalypse is from that island. So that's why Apocalypse is so old, as he is transferred over into our world from Araco. And uh, Ah, there's a ceremony that takes place where they create this rift and pull the island through the rift into um, that world, that earth. Uh, And then they have this kind of contest in other world uh, led by Saturine, who is the, like... I don't know, I say queen of that world, but like the high regent, I think is the term they use. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's essentially uh, doing this tournament, which has its own outcome, which I won't spoil because it's a, a, a major tipping point for um, future stories mm-hmm. and uh, Excalibur, that team. Um, following that, those events, you have sword which is focused on abigail brand and uh, a group of mutants no, or is this, a... the, is this sword sword yes sword so like we uh, just saw in the in uh, wandavision for the first time in the mcu yes okay so um sword uh has a space station they're essentially like the mutants connection to the rest of the universe uh, at that point in the story. Um, And then Children of the Atom is uh, kind of like uh, there's a a book from the early 2000s called Young X-Men that was uh, about like, you know, kids who were mutants. This is kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, So it's about kids of the era and you know, how they react to um, Krakoa and mutants and everything that's happening around that. This is where it gets, like, like deep. As we have Way of X, which is featuring Nightcrawler, and oh, he is trying to... Kid, not gonna lie. And Nightcrawler's cool, but uh, he's trying to create answers to um, mutant spirituality. So, uh, one of the things that you learn throughout these books is that with all of these changes with Krakoa, um, they've found a way to uh, resurrect mutants and to back up their consciousness if they die so they can be resurrected. Uh, so, okay. Like, so I know that was a, I know that was a big bomb to drop. Technical, technologically, or did they determine how to do it with someone's powers? um, with combinations of mutant powers. I assume they use like Forger or something, whatever that guy's name is. 
No, but Forge is super cool. Oh, Forge, and he is yes. in the book. My but it's not Forge. Uh, I was going to say, that dude is... can build anything. He was the sweetest. Let's see if I can do it off the top of my head. It's Hope Summers, uh, Egg. Uh... Now I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Eva Bell, Proteus, Hope Summers, Elixir, and Egg. So it's uh, people who are able to kind of create a little bit of life on their own, but aren't able to really like develop it. So like Egg is definitely one of the mutants that uh, existed during the 80s that people were like, well, why the fuck does this guy exist? Egg. Um, yeah, because he creates unviable eggs. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just, I, right. I've never heard of egg before well it's it's like they revamp a whole bunch of mutants from the 80s that were during that like high uh x-men mutant period where they were just everywhere and you had they were just tossing tossing them out as much as they possibly could it's like uh you want to you want an x-men story you want an x-men story you got it (laughs) we'll just make some some dude up this will be a good one (laughs) I mean, sometimes yeah. sometimes you end up getting the best ones out of that. You get random well, mutants that you end up wanting to use a lot later on, and he's already got a backstory. Well, you got interesting ones like um, Chamber. So Chamber was a mutant that uh, his powers destroyed his own body. So uh, he like has the power to spew like uh, a nuclear projectile from his mouth. Um, but it like what? destroys his like whole face trachea when it does it. So, uh, what the fuck, like, right? Um, so, so a, a more realistic version of a, a mutant. Uh, uh, yes, I guess. Yeah, sure. I mean, in the realm of science fiction, that's hard to to get. But yeah, we're not get we're not the science fiction. Get over it, people. Yeah. So uh, wave wave X uh, culminates uh, with uh, a one shot uh, the onslaught revelation. Um, so in some way that there is onslaught back in these books, um, if you remember from the eighties nineties. Um, I'm not gonna spoil that one because that one's pretty limited. Um, so moving okay. on, uh, there's also uh, X Corp. So there's uh, also a corporation the uh, mutants create to subsidize and you know build the wealth of Krakoa uh, for mutants by mutants. Um, and they're uh, headlining a mutant-based technology that uh, harnesses natural forces to create basically unlimited energy. Whoa. That one's a... I would say that one... If you're looking for a different type of X-Men story, mutant story, that one's a good one. This is Way of um, X. Uh, X-Corp. X-Corp, okay. Way, Way of X is cool, but it's definitely still like more like a, a everyday like mutant one. Okay. Um, there is also a Sabretooth book that's out now. Uh, so to spoil a little bit, so I'll cover your ears for like the next 30 seconds. <laughs> But um, Sabretooth uh, gets sent into pit. 
It's a essentially the mutant version of a pr- prison. So he's going to be there forever. He will okay. never be released. Good. Um, we can live with this. And in the most recent book, so in the first book titled Sabretooth, uh, he's essentially in hell because his mind is being like ridden through uh, all these terrible things. And like he thinks he's getting revenge and whatever just to have it turned on him in the last moment. So he's living, uh, he's living uh, in a reality that is not real as a prison slash torture right. chamber for himself. And if if Nightcrawler is the mutant Jesus, huh. uh, Sabretooth would be the mutant devil. Oh, okay. All right. I so can, that's can the best way to describe it. Um, but that's basically where we are right now. So that's up to date on what's been going on. Yeah, and we just concluded the Inferno storyline, which uh, saw Nimrod and the Omega Sentinel uh, essentially join forces. And uh, not only did they yeet the uh, (laughs) X-Men who had boarded the uh, platform around the sun, uh, but they also unmercifully slaughtered all the humans that were part of that program too. Holy crap. And it ends with them essentially being like, yo, fuck all these other people. Damn. Mm-hmm. And okay. they haven't really touched on anything about that since that book. Uh, so I would say uh, if you want to keep up to date, visit your local comic shop make sure you're reading the x lives and x deaths of wolverine which is the current events and uh yeah nice. it up. let's hear let's hear about the the upcoming potential live action stuff yeah so i mean with so many things being dropped this year let's 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 go into let's go into some interesting stuff with what's going on in the mcu uh as you know uh moon knight is obviously getting dropped next week uh, March 30th, oh. which uh, if I'm if I'm Ryan right now, I'm thinking, ooh, next week's podcast is going to be all about Moon Knight. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to just go into several ways that the mutants could be introduced into the current MCU using already established canon as our base level here. So, picture this. It's March 20th, 2019. What were you doing that day? You know what Disney and Fox were doing? They were settling the merger between them. That was the day it was all confirmed that a pantheon of characters were now inside the very capable hands of King Feige. First of his name and guru of the cinematic arts. Especially when it comes to the MCU. So we're talking Doctor Doom, Marvel's first family, of course, the M-word that no one's been allowed to say, mutants. Finally, we're allowed to say mutants in the MCU. Now, they haven't yet, as far as I, I remember, but now that they have the ability to do so, I imagine it's going to be coming very soon. Now, let's, uh, I, I went did some research, found some pretty prominent theories um, that you see everywhere about how they plan, about what at least fans think 
they're going to do to bring in. Now I'm going to give you some reasons why I don't think it's the case. I'm going to give you some reasons why I think it's the case. I'm also going to give you uh, what my theory is personally after reading all of this stuff and going over it. So I'm going to start with the first one. <clears throat> the first theory is that Wanda actually is the one who's going to create them. Now, we already know from the House of M storyline, um, which has been touched in some ways, uh, which we saw in WandaVision, <clears throat> that the House of M, Wanda was responsible for eliminating virtually all, all mutants by simply uttering the phrase, no more mutants. Now, why not play it a little differently and do it in reverse, where she just utters the phrase, let there be mutants, or let there be more super-powered people, or something like that. You know what I'm saying. And we yeah, honestly yeah, have, yeah. at this point, we honestly have no idea how much her power has grown since she got a hold of the Darkhold at the end of WandaVision. So it could have grown tenfold. She was already extremely powerful, capable of manipulating reality on a fairly small scale. Who's to say that she hasn't opened up the floodgates to the Chaos Realm and has complete control of warping reality as we know it. We certainly could see it. could see that happening. Um, and we know based on a teaser at the end of WandaVision that her children may or may not actually be gone. Well, if you uh, follow any of the like video channels that uh, break down the trailers, mm -hmm. there is a moment in the Multiverse of Madness trailer where you can see in uh, her eyes that she is looking into a room that has two cells and that it appears that uh, the children from WandaVision are in those cells. That could also be her and her brother and she's having a flashback. It could be. Absolutely. Now I'm not, I'm not denying I did, I did see that, but I, I, I took it as, okay, this is stretching just a little bit. Personally, I don't think this is going to be the case. It, 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 it's not. At least, it's not going to be the specific responsibility of Wanda to create mutants. It's not just going to be some random one-off thing. It's going to be a lot more thought out, and they're going to introduce them slowly over the course of a certain amount of time. Um, based on the Multiverse of Madness trailer and knowing that Patrick Stewart is planning to reprise his role as Professor X. Mutants are more likely to come from a different universe as opposed to from our universe. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think essentially what this opens up for them is that they can basically do whatever right now. You know, once that once that floodgate is opened, they can make it do whatever they want. Exactly. Now, now there's a deleted post credit scene from Iron Man, um, the original Iron Man that hints that Feige was laying the groundwork for mutants all the way back from the beginning. Now, it only hinted at the fact that there's a possibility of people with mutants. No, he obviously couldn't use that post credit scene, and it just ended up getting buried in the Iron Man DVD um, extras. But you know damn well he's been thinking about it for so long, so he's definitely got several stories up his sleeve that he could probably go with at this point. Now, there's also the fact that the excerpts from the Wakanda files, the ones that were written by Shuri, suggest that at some point Hydra discovered genetic oddities in the people of Sokovia, 
which made them more susceptible to manipulation with the Mind Stone. And this simply unlocked an already uh, existing genetic potential for the at least the people of Sokovia. Whether or not that expands beyond everyone in the world, or, or what. But, I think, I think that may be an underlying factor, where they're going to bring in some genetics into it. Uh, possibly creating an event, or using a past event, to explain a genetic anomaly that was created. And um, is now just showing up out of nowhere, which is would make more sense, especially if it just shows up out of nowhere. And it could also have something to do with the breakdown of the dimensional walls. I don't know. Let's, that's just one particular theory that doesn't make much sense to me, at least with what we know now. And that theory was probably more so from before WandaVision, uh, slash during WandaVision. It was a big thing. It's not so much uh, what I've seen out there now. Um, next one. Obviously, mutants can be introduced via the multiversal storylines. I mean, clearly, the focus of the next main chapter in the MCU is going to be the multiverse. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Uh, I mean, it's, the, it's the main focus of Phase 4 and Phase 5, with, with Kang being the obvious big bad. Yeah, it's definitely going to be uh, all about the breakdown of the the walls, the dimensional walls, and uh, like fallout from that, the death of the one at the end, Kang, um, and his various variants uh, running amok. Um, I think maybe we'll see it uh, play out into like Secret Wars. Oh, that would be um, so good. Which would be really cool. Uh, and the, the more recent version of that which culminated in all of the dimensions bonding to one. Very, very similar to what the DC did with Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, and they had they could go through the whole battle world arc where it's temporarily just these parts of these various universes with, like, there's a book from that uh, time called Thor's where it's literally... Uh, hundreds if not thousands of variants of Thor uh, acting as like the police force of that uh, world. Um, yes. But yeah, that's definitely one way they could go. I hesitate to say they would go that far, though. Because... I, I, yeah, I'm going to get into my theory, and it's probably a mixture of what's going on with these theories. So let's just let's just finish this one. So that the mutants introduced via multiversal storylines, it's possible the X-Gene already exists in our universe and was unlocked with the rupture of dimensional walls or even via the snap. When you think about it, Rocket during Endgame actually said when Thanos snapped his fingers, Earth became ground zero for a power surge of ridiculously cosmic proportions. We already know from Eternals the amount of power and energy that he emitted when they brought everyone back literally shoved enough energy to to birth a celestial <laughs> on a yeah. cosmic scale so that amount of power has to have some sort of consequence it just has just makes sense so it either it either created some sort of rupture uh, in space that broke down the dimensional walls or 
caused some sort of harmful radiation to the already existing population. Now, um, Patrick freaking Stewart could introduce us to the mutants from his reality coming up in the Multiverse of Madness. And as they become more intimate with our reality, maybe, maybe he starts to sense mutants that already existed in our universe, and maybe that's how they find them. Maybe Krakoa is already out there. Maybe they go into this this House of X, Powers of X uh, uh, thing you were just talking about. Um, but that's that's probably in, in another interesting one, uh, theory-wise. Um, third theory was actually one that I found from a Reddit user. I'm going to credit that Reddit user, uh, Magic Josh by Gosh. that's a great name uh what he thinks is that the origins of the mutants will be tied together with the already previously mentioned experiments that have already been conducted into the super soldier serum programs for for instance we've heard on numerous occasions it's been mentioned that others attempted to replicate the super soldier serum hydra and falcon and the winter soldier Hulk, Bruce Banner's attempt to replicate the serum using gamma radiation ended up unlocking him, his powers as the Hulk in the first place. Uh, Isaiah Bradley in the Project Rebirth, that whole group of men who turned into their own version of, or the MCU's version of the Tuskegee experiments, where they turned them into super soldiers against their better judgment, <clears throat> without thought for consequence. One second. Okay. Cool. Back to what I was saying. Um, the super soldier serum programs that have existed for God knows how long could be um, the way that the latent mutant anomaly gene gets brought about. Um, and he also mentioned that a lot of what we've seen so far in the MCU has been following a the Ultimate Universe storylines. Um, and he thinks that something very similar to the Ultimate Universe is James Howlett or Wolverine, um, whose origins actually come from the Weapon X program. Um, for those who don't know, genome that has been altered, which ends up developing superpowers. So very genetic, very all sorts. Um, and who's to say that this line of experimentation that's been going on throughout the entire MCU world doesn't lead to something very similar uh, to the creation of a subset of humans, or, or in this case, homo superior. Yeah, I mean, not to mention there are a bunch of off comments and little things you see where it's clear that like uh, even the, the U.S. government is doing things uh, that you know the main characters don't know about, so then we, the audience, don't know about. Exactly. So they have. It's not like they've not set up small little things, and you know how Feige loves to do that. He sets up small things and then brings them back, and they apparently meant a whole lot more than they they did to begin with. Uh, yeah, I guarantee there are little um, like hints at X Men characters, mutant characters in yeah. there already. So. I'm going to go into what my theory is, and it's it's got some similarities to the ones that I just mentioned. I think that the snap, um, the two snaps on Earth, 
caused a cosmological chain reaction, uh, chain reaction in the fabric of all the people who were taken by the snap. So in this case, everyone who disappeared during the blip and then came back, they all came back with some sort of anomalous gene um, in each and every one of them. <clears throat> now, the breaking down of the dimensional barriers that's going to be happening soon um, ends up requiring some sort of intensely focused chaos energy to maintain. And who do we know that uses chaos energy now? Wanda. Her newly gifted powers as the Scarlet Witch. She ends up needing to cast some sort of spell that encompasses the entire globe. And I'm thinking that her power causes a reaction to some of these people who have this anomalous gene, uh, similar to what the Inhumans went through. And it causes a lot of people just to all of a sudden develop superpowers. Now, this shit's already canonically plausible, as we've already seen in WandaVision with Monica Rambeau. We, yes. see, we see her go through the multiple passings of the, of the barrier of magic that, that Wanda put up, and it literally turned her into a superhuman. Now, if that doesn't say anything about how they're going to bring mutants into it, I don't know what will. Like, it's it's literally right there in front of us. All we have to do is scoop it up. And and, and that's how I think it's going to happen, personally. Because well, we I, know I, for sure that it's definitely going to happen because they would never leave this much, like, uh, prime, prime content uncapitalized. I mean, from from what what you've literally only gleaned the surface of, is enough content to fill up an hour's worth of a podcast. If you were to deep dive into all of these, you'd have an entire series that would last for several decades. Oh, yeah. Of podcasts. I mean, we literally could do an hour podcast or more on each issue exactly. of X-Men, let alone the entirety of it. There's decades of content that they, they picked up on when they got Fox. And... It's that's only with the X Men. I mean, they still have Doctor Doom and the Fantastic Four to bring in. Yep. That's going to be insane. But and then uh, now they also have uh, the symbiote loose in the core Marvel universe. Yes, they do. So that is also a thing. And with Gore the God Butcher being a thing, we also know that Null is a thing as well. Right. I imagine that they're going to uh, they're going to um, uh, invest some MCU real estate into the whole uh, the null and the void and all that. Yeah, null the the god of the void, uh, god of the symbiote. Uh, they just uh, had a storyline uh, that was like the major event for the year, uh, King in Black. Yeah, it focused around null versus uh, Venom. Oh, man. And I have to say, uh, extremely excited for what's coming from that because there is a new Carnage series that is out and uh, a new Venom series that is out uh, that came after a uh, limited event around um, Carnage and the Separation Anxiety symbiotes. Nice. Well... I mean, that's what that's the theories uh, that I've got for the MCU. 
think we've gone over a pretty significant amount of X-Men comics that people need to deep dive into. Hopefully they, Absolutely. hopefully they can. Um, if you can, always go ahead and pick up that that Marvel um, subscription service when you can, because that certainly would help break down a lot of this stuff. Yes, yeah, the Marvel subscription service, um, or if you want to do Comixology, Comixology is an option. Yeah, or, we're not, uh, not sponsored know, by any of these people. Not sponsored. Just so everyone all. knows. We will let and you know we are sponsored by getting better. Getting better. Oh, yeah. When getting sickness better. gets you down, just get better. <laughs> or don't, you know. Or don't. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that's enough for this this week. Um, next week, I think, probably Moon Knight. I think you're you're itching. Itching to scratch <laughs> that Moon Knight surface. Woo-hoo. So, Knight. I think next week we will go into <laughs> some Moon Knight comics after having watched the very first episode of Moon Knight. Yeah, so I'll try and make a, a whole a whole thing about, you know, what the comic version of Moon Knight is versus the uh, show version, uh, what things we see in the show, and uh, how it relates back to the Moon Knight universe. Fantastic. Also, catch us on Stargate Sundays, because we're brought to you by Getting Better, as we just said. Getting better. Or don't. Or don't. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Join us again, everyone. We'll wish you uh, seven days to rock and stone. Rock and stone.